Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, welcome, sir. Yeah, good to, good to talk to you again. You know, and uh, you know to be midweek and chatting, and uh, you know, just so much going on. Today was a interesting day for me. You know, like if you could have one employee who oversleeps or doesn't show up or gets sick, you know, I had three at the same exact time call me ten minutes before they're supposed to be in saying that they overslept and and in three different locations so it was a real real headaches but uh we got through that so now i'm here with you and i'm i'm here to uh de-stress and and relax and have fun yeah and i'm excited about the uh, q a session um yeah me you know, too we had the idea last call and uh you know to give everybody the opportunity to be able to ask any any questions about their business or Hey, even maybe about personal life too, about routines or whatever. Um, yeah, go, so welcome goals. everyone to the Q and A. Yeah, yeah, goals, goal setting, time, whatever. You know, we're here for you on any of that stuff. So we'll we do have a few people that kind of ask us questions ahead of time, right? You know, and a little bit of stuff as far as trying to find out what's going on. But I'm going to type into uh, our uh, Facebook thing, and you know, uh, who's whoever's going to there, and if if anyone has any questions. Just fire away. We'll see. Um, so there we go. I just posted that up there. But um, so I, I did have – here's an interesting thing. I had um, I had a personal conversation with uh, – and, and this is an interesting thing that I'll get your thoughts on. And for those people that are listening, maybe they run into something kind of similar. Uh, so this morning – or actually yesterday, one of my staff members contacts me and says, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm having – by the way, I'm having a going-away dinner from my mom who left this morning – back to her home in Florida. So I'm trying to relax and just be, you know, stay away from business and all that. So I get a text, can we talk? And I'm like, do we really need to? Uh, is it that important? Yeah, I need to talk to you. Anyway, it turns out that one of uh, our campers is a young kid, um, uh, two of them, and they're, uh, they're, they always are getting in trouble, always saying inappropriate things, always, uh, you know, doing the, you know, things that we have to reprimand them for. And I'm getting other campers or parents that are, that are um, concerned and they are actually uh, wanting to say, you know, get their kids out of camp because they don't want their kids to be around uh, the other kids that behave badly. So I'm I'm that consummate teacher. My goal is to change that kids those bad kids' lives. Um, but I want to help them. But I don't want to lose the other people as well. So what's what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, it's always like it's a it's a catch twenty two. It's kind of a dilemma. It is, and I get where you're coming from. That, uh, and I used to think this way that I could actually help everyone, and right. I come to the conclusion that uh, I actually can't help anyone. Uh, I right. only can help the individuals that would like to be helped. So I guess I fall number one into the category that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I also agree with the fact that you need to have rules uh, to make sure that um, everybody is safe. And then rules to, if, if they uh, overstep those boundaries, that you have some sort of uh, way to be able to, uh, you know, basically kick them out at some point if they're not, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, right. Or, you know, not behaving the way that they're supposed to be behaving. So we, we operate on a three-strike rule. Basically, that just means that, um, you know, if you mess up three Three, like, so it's a three strike and a three strike, and here's what I mean. We we, we um, say, all right, Johnny, that's that's one, with whatever behavior it is or what have you. Now this is whether it's at uh, in our regular class or inside of camp, doesn't matter. But if you uh -huh. get to three strikes uh, in one session, meaning in one class and or in one camp day, 
uh, then we're going to have a little uh, meeting with your parent, and that is your one strike against you um, at the school. And those strikes don't erase. So once you get once you get the three strikes, then you get one permanent strike, mm-hmm. and then it starts over. If you get another three strikes in one day, then you get another you get a permanent strike number two. Well, I won't even give you a permanent strike number three because if you get that far, then we basically kick you out of the program. And so, right. number one, that's that's in our um, policy and procedures manual for uh, all of our students and parents. And that applies to parents, too, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it is very, very refreshing to have that because it allows us to have a standard that everybody has to operate on. Now, that being said, with that, with that particular individual, and I, I, I learned this actually, uh, and I really love how she delivered it, uh, from Melody Schumann, when 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 she had talked about letting people go, uh, she put the onus on herself, and and I really love how this is delivered. And it would be, you know, Mrs. Jones, I'm sorry, but you know, we're just we're just not equipped to be able to handle uh, your child, and so I'm sorry that we're not able to, you know, be equipped to handle him. So we we are going to have to discontinue his training here. Right. And, you know, rather than saying, you know what, your your child doesn't take instruction well, they they don't listen, they're you don't even need to cover any of that. And, you know, most of the time, those parents probably know that their child is and they don't want to admit it. So uh, that's how I would handle it. Number one, you need to have the uh, the structure so that uh, it empowers your business. Everybody's on the same level, you know, playing field. It also empowers your uh, team members. So that gives that, you know, day camp person or instructor or whatever the power of you which is important um, because, you know, all of the people underneath your roof that all your team members need to know that they have um, that power and that, that you guys are equal, quote, unquote, to a certain degree in that sense. And so then, therefore, everybody else in the studio, whether it's a camper or just a regular student, uh, can, can understand that and, uh, you know, abide by it. And if they don't, then you, know, you just you kick them out. You know, I love, there's a few things that you said that I really love. Number one um, is uh, giving your staff the power to make those kind of decisions, right? Um, unfortunately, most of the time staff gets nervous. They don't want to, you know, speak rudely or, or forcefully or um, be be uh, misunderstood and, and then lose the client so then that their boss gets mad at them, um, you know, or, you know, they don't want to say, well, we're getting rid of this this kid, uh, because of whatever, uh, you know, and then go to the boss and say, hey, I just lost you X amount of dollars or something like that, you know, or I lost you two students because they just don't want to listen uh, to them, you know. So, But I do like the fact that they do feel comfortable, um, at least at minimum, calling a meeting with you and talking about the solution to either get rid of or um, or correct or fix the situation. I think that that's important. So that's that's an interesting one. Uh, the other thing I like too that you said too is that that's three strike rule. So that you know you can only give so many strikes. You know it's like parents who will say if you don't come here right now, you know I'm going to uh, punish you, and then the kid ignores them and they just their threats are empty. You know so that's what I always say. Like if I I can only discipline the kids for the one hour a week or the three hours a week I have them, but if they're not listening at home, then uh, there's nothing I could do about it. Right. Yeah. Right. And then it becomes so, like it's a bigger problem than than your problem. But right. I, I just like the the delivery at the end is you put the onus on yourself just so it's a softer blow to the parent. And I actually right. found that that works a lot better. I remember the very first time I had to kick somebody out and it was because of the parent. Um, this was years right. ago. 
And I will tell you, after the first time, it's empowering uh, yeah. on many levels. One, because you actually did it. Two is, uh, and this is where I came up with this phrase, is this is my happy house. And everybody's right. going to be happy. Uh, and, if, and if you're not happy, um, you know, I'm not the one that's leaving. You are. Right. But right. so by doing that, there was such a, a release that I had once I kicked the first person out. Now, does it make it easier the second time? No, uh, not necessarily. Uh, it's easier, right. but it doesn't make it easy. Uh, but I remember yeah. the first person I kicked out, and I just said, you know, uh, I pulled her in towards the end of class, and the kid was getting done. It was the end of the night, and I just said, you know, Mrs. Jones, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I can no longer service you or your family. Right. And then I then I shut up, and, and then she goes, well, what are you saying? And I said, well, I can no longer service you or your family. Right. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I, I can no longer service you or your family. She goes, you're right. kicking us out? And I just kind of shook my head, and I go, I can no longer service you or, my, or your family. And right. that was it. Like, I had told myself, don't get into anything. Don't give any reasons. Don't give any excuses because um, it's just going to start a fight. Right. And so that was my first experience. I've graduated now to, you know, we're not equipped to, you know, be able to teach your child and put it on us um, a little bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. I, I know that there's always a part of me, and I've done this, I've, you know, being in business 26 years, I've had to do this numerous times. Some I've had great pleasure in getting rid of, while others, uh, you know, it was that catch-22 where I just recently had to get rid of a black belt kid who was phenomenal. I really, really liked the kid. The kid was a great student, but I, and the mom was outstanding. It was the dad that didn't like me and I couldn't get along with him for whatever reason. He had a, he didn't like me at all. So, um, you know, so he was always nasty, rude, had a chip on his shoulder, try to make us look bad uh, in front of others. Yet every day he'd be sitting in our lobby. He did that for six years, but did nothing but complain. Finally got rid of him. And, uh, you know, he tried to negotiate with me after I put my foot down and said, hey, because it was about a payment issue where he didn't want to pay me through his credit card. He wanted to just pay me by cash or check. And I didn't want that. And um, and uh, he was like, well, it's it's either this way or the highway. I said, well, I guess it's the highway then. I guess it's time that you move on. You know, you have until the 21st and then you're done. And then he kept saying, well, you know what? What if I start another account and I do this? And I'm like, no, nope, we were, we're beyond that point. We already realized how you felt about me, and you said some things that I just am never going to be able to get rid of. Um, so uh, we moved on, and, and that felt good. And, I did, you know, I've been doing that a little bit more so with the people who are troublemakers, uh, you know, that are, you know, and, and listen, I might not be their flavor of ice cream, right? That's why there's 30 different – I like chocolate chip cookie dough and snickerdoodle, right, ice cream. Um, you know, other people like other flavors, and that's why I might not be their flavor of ice cream. They may not like me for whatever reason, like our school, like what we do, like how I run things and so on. I. So I have to make a decision. They're like, listen, I want people who are around in my happy place that are going to enjoy and like what I do and make my life a much more pleasurable place, you know, and my school than uh, dealing with stress. Yeah, and that's the unique thing we have with regards to being an entrepreneur is we actually can create the business that we want. Obviously, we need uh, uh, clients, but we really can create whatever the happy place that we want. I mean, if we want to just play um, – uh, Kenny G in, in in the classroom all the time so that everybody falls asleep, but that's what we want. We certainly can do it. Now, obviously within reason because, if we're, you know, if we're not marketing ourselves to all the Kenny G fans, uh, you know, right. it, it's not going to work out. But the concept is true that uh, you as an entrepreneur, um, 
you know, you you uh, you create the business that you want. You know, the old the old saying that the uh, customer is always right is not right. correct. It is right. not correct. Uh, that is um, one of the quickest ways I think to uh, kind of build uh, insanity in your brain is that you're trying to be everything to everybody else, and that right. goes back to something that we've always talked about: is your brand, where you got to right. know you know, who and what your school is and what it stands for and then go out and find the and advertise to those individuals that fit your brand, meaning, you know, what it is that you want your school to, to be about and for. Yeah, exactly. Um, my girlfriend is, she, she doesn't want to post a question um, on online, but she's doing it through the voicemail. And she's like, I don't know what to, you know, I, I don't know how to ask this question. Now, she was saying, too, like, you know, like you just said, flavors of ice cream. I said flavors of ice cream. And, you know, um, you know, and, and that's the thing, what you said. Like, what if you're not that flavor of ice cream? If you're, if you're trying to appeal to everybody, um, you know, not everyone is going to be able to f- be focused, right, linearly focused, right? So you're just an amalgamation of all different things, right? So you want to create a brand and people know who you are. Like if you're just a kid's school or if you're just an adult school, um, you know, and so on. Um, my, my girlfriend also said, too, that your audio cu- keeps cutting in and out on her. I don't know why. So I'm not sure. Oh, mine does? Through. Yeah, your audio. Um, so okay. uh, so she's wondering if it's maybe her connection or not. But, you know, as far no, it's as... it's probably as, my internet connection. <laughs> yeah, it could be. So, so, you know, we can't be everything to everybody. We have to be what we are and what we specialize in. And at the same time, you know, I, you know when I was a very much a hardcore take it my my way or the highway and if you don't like it get the heck out of here kind of person no these are the rules this is the way it goes if you don't do this you're out you know kind of attitude that's when i was the most popular when i had the most students the most respectful students the 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 most amount of activity you know and then i tried to you know open up to being more patient and understanding and and compassionate and uh you know while while that was my growth as a human uh you know and but uh it actually is a lot harder to run a business that way because everyone well, you look thinks at, they have a say. Yeah, and if you look at um, Jay Abraham, you look at Dan Kennedy especially. Uh, Dan Kennedy d- does not try to be the flavor to everyone. He is only right. a specific flavor to certain people. Um, and, and you either like him or you don't like him. Um, and right. I can tell you that in the beginning, I was kind of put off by him. But then after I started reading some of his books and I bought some of his courses and understanding some of his philosophy, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy's right. You know, uh, time vampires are real. I don't have to give yeah. everybody my time. Um, you know, uh, not everybody is going to be my client and not everybody should be my client. In fact, right. uh, the majority of them probably won't be my client because I was fishing in the wrong pond at the time. Right. Uh, but learning how to actually market correctly and fish in the correct pond, now I'm bringing, you know, uh, I'm bringing individuals in that are more qualified than they have ever been before. So Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's, a, you know, a good way of putting people through a, a process in which that they understand uh, the school that you're in. And, you know, whether it be your sales process or your interview process or your trial uh, trial class process, um, you know, I, I found this out when I used to interview employees and then I'd find an employee that I'd like and then they'd actually come back and say, yeah, I decided not to do the job. And I was questioning, like, why did I waste all that time interviewing them? 
but um, but people people interview us while we're interviewing them, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So here, here's another question too that that was posed to me the other day too, as far as you know, um, systemization. You know, as far as running a business, you know, what what would you think are the first the first top five or the top four? Let's do the top three systems that you think, if you're going to have basic systems in place to run your school, what would those top three systems be? Um, well, okay, so then let's assume, and um, for the sake of this question, let's assume that the individual instructor is <clears throat> uh, has a talent on the floor. So they're a great orator, they're a great motivator, they teach great classes. So what I would then, therefore do is I would first systemize the things in the office and hire somebody to start doing those things. So the very first thing would be the phone script. I mean, it would just have to be the phone script and how somebody answers the phone to, um, you know, moving from phone to uh, the actual, you know, person showing up to getting them into the trial, uh, all those things. I think that would be number one. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, totally. I mean, so... Uh, getting them through the door, dealing with them, probably, you know, within one of your first three points of contact, you know, they called you, you answered, or you had to call them back and deal with them and get them so that they're, you know, they're coming in or, or you're speaking to them about membership. So, okay. Great. Yeah, that would be my, that would be my first one is, and, and then really that kind of flows into the next piece. So the phone script would be number one. But then number two is, you know, how how do they actually get treated in the process that happens when they come in for that uh-huh. uh, uh, intro or trial lessons or whatever? And then I think the next thing would be to systematize the follow up on how they actually get signed up. I would uh-huh. I would say those are the top the top three. Um, and th- again, that's assuming that you as the individual are out on the. Uh, uh, out on the floor teaching, so therefore you can't be in the office. So you really need to systematize that first, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. So so first is, you know, scripts, phone scripts, calling, getting people through the door. Second is the system on how you get them in the door, how they're greeted, um, how you set them up for their first class or whatever the case may be, your intro program or whatever, and and, and so on. Right. Yeah. And and I think that all those are three steps, you know, actually handling the phone correctly, handling the uh, the uh, first class intro process to handling then therefore the sign up. Okay, great. Great. And then so the third one, if it were three systems, then would be the whole sign up process. Absolutely. And and again, I'm assuming that the individual because I can remember unless I was the one that was doing it, you know, um, it had to be systematized, you know, right. and then that actually freed me up to be able to do other things out uh, on the floor and to be able to, um, you know, to even help other customers, if that makes sense. Right, right. Yeah, and, and also be out there, whether it be teaching, but guiding and monitoring and watching over, um, you know, the classroom and uh, what's going on out there. The quality control, right. so to speak. Okay, yeah, and in the beginning, yeah. like we talked about before, we, we, we're the ones that do it all, right? I mean, we do right. everything. Um, but eventually, we need to stick to the things that we're good at, you know, where our unique ability is, um, and, and, and then uh, systematize and delegate the other things that, that aren't our unique ability. Right. 
Well, let me uh, let me bring up another topic really quick that we discussed, my friends and I at breakfast this morning, who were both martial art instructors for over 25 and 30-something years. And uh, we were talking about, uh, and, and by the way, this could be taken into a few different areas of our business, but it's all about the um, the quality control. Like we are talking about it in our tournaments. We have We have a lot of great competitors. Um, and uh, we run a really great tournament circuit, um, and, and our biggest dilemma is always finding good judges that want to judge, that want to stay there the whole day, and will judge correctly. So we're talking about how do we train those people to really be educated in you know, a wider range of martial arts um, so that they can judge everyone fairly and equally. So now if you look at it in our school, too, we talk about how do we train our staff to be able to understand like all the facets of whatever their job may be and how to how do you stay on top of that training? How do you do that in your school? How do you do you have monthly instructor training programs? Do you have a written curriculum that uh you know you do weekly weekly uh curriculum sheets or how do you do that? Training for who again? Uh your staff for your team, your instructors, you know, yeah. how are you So what are you doing to keep them on par and making sure that they're learning all the newest uh or the whatever specials you're running or whatever, you know, things that you're marketing, whether it be a parent's night yep. out, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So number one, I have weekly meetings. Uh, so they're on Fridays uh, for us uh, just because that day actually works better for, for, for us. And so from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. we have our, our staff meetings. And so that's when I would deliver, you know, anything that's going to be upcoming or that happened that week. And so part of, Part of it is I, I always ask, hey, um, the, give me the good, the bad, and the ugly of this week so that we can discuss any of those things, the, the, the good things that happened, the bad or ugly things that happened, any challenges. And then obviously I have my own agenda when I come in with regards to what, what specifically I would like to teach them, um, be it whether it's a teaching concept or, you know, uh, we all know praise, correct praise, and and all those things, and we rehearse those and those type of things as well. Um, so, but those are in there. Uh, I I I I have a specific time each year dedicated to some of those things. So, and and I didn't build that overnight. That's been something that's you know taken years and years and years to kind of put together. Meaning that you know this time every year we're going to cover these topics. So the the um, uh, the, let's just take the uh, the concept of healthy competition or uh, praise correct praise or um, uh, what else is it? Um, I'm, I've got a mind blank right now, but just those those uh, those concepts. Even um, you know when I introduced, I do this, but but I didn't. Uh, I never introduced it to a long time away. Meaning, it, I actually just introduced it this year. Uh, pattern interrupts. Right. My staff, my staff would always see me and, and see me do the pattern interrupts, but they didn't know what right. it was. That what I didn't label it. I just, you know, and I had read um, some material on pattern interrupts. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this. Uh, some of it naturally, some of it on purpose. But I never told my staff that, you know, hey, look, th- these are the pattern interrupts that I use naturally. Here's the ones that I've incorporated. Uh, outside of my natural, um, you know, ability, but then what it's good for and how to use it. Um, and then, yes, if we have specials that are going on, my teaching staff doesn't really need to know those uh, except for my head instructor and then my, my full-time program director and then my part-time uh, assistant program director, if you will. 
they they are the ones that know what the specials are because they have to. They're the ones that will be, you know, talking with the public about those things. Right, right. And you know what, by the way, uh, probably one of the mo- the best skills I've ever learned in my life was uh, a pattern interrupt. And I learned it from Tony Robbins. And I actually went to a seminar and witnessed it happening, which was amazing. It was a great, I'll tell you the quick story. There was uh, this, he pulled a woman out on stage with him and he had said, um, you know, he had said, uh, you know, what's going on? And she, she started to tell this story about one day she was standing on the sidewalk waiting for a bus and a, uh, a street sweeper was coming by and there was a wire on the ground and it hooked her leg and she got dragged into the street sweeper and she started getting hysterical and crying and he's like, calm down. And she was crying even more. He walked over, he grabbed a glass of water and he threw it in her face <laughs> and she's like, you know, stop crying, and she's wet, and she's like, what'd you do that for? And uh, so he said, now tell me again about your story, and she started doing it again and getting hysterically, walked over, did the water again. Um, then he said, okay, he gave her a towel, she wiped off, and he said, so tell me, tell me again. You know, and she, she started to get hysterical, and he walked over to grab the water, and she just immediately busted out laughing. She stopped crying, and so he had finally got to the point where he was able to interrupt her pattern of what she was used to doing and behaving, and it's funny, I have a mom who was a great mom. She was my student when she was a kid. She was in my lobby yesterday, and sometimes she gets offended or upset easily about silly things, whether you told her daughter to stand quicker and straighter or whatever it was, and she got mad. Um, and, uh, you know, so I always tell her, you know, change your pattern. You gotta, she likes to get in this mode, right? And once she's in the mode, you can't get her out of it. She'll be out right. of it tomorrow. You know, so, but it's interesting, pattern interrupts are incredible. Uh, so that's a great thing. People should read up on that more. Uh, we, we have a question online. It said, what do you feel the average stats are from phone call to intro to regular enrollments? Are these days, uh, or what they are these days for top schools? Um, so meaning like, I guess, um, you know, what are people getting as far as phone calls and how many are going from the phone call to the intro and the intro to becoming a student? Um, so, so you, basically, you want to take I'm assu- yeah, I'm assuming that we're talking about percentages, um, right? And maybe that would that would be the way to go. So uh, here's what we shoot for, and this is the lowest common denominator uh, to shoot for, if this makes sense. So um, first is from the actual inquiry or the phone call, from the actual inquiry to making an appointment. Eighty percent of those people should. Uh, make an appointment and then from the appointment to the actual or you know making the appointment to actually showing up to the appointment which are two different things okay um, so making the appointment to actually showing up to the appointment that should be another 80 percent and then those that show up to the appointment bare minimum you should sign up 50 percent so what that all means is this if you have um you know, uh, let's say 10 people and eight of them make an appointment and then seven of them, really 6.5, but let's just say seven of them show up to that appointment, you theoretically should sign up 3.5. And obviously you times that out by, and, and what's important, I think, and most school owners, I don't know, do this, at least I know a lot of them that we, when we begin to work with them, (laughs) especially don't have this. There's some that do, but actually keep stats and know what those stats are so that they can fix their processes. But that would be the 
the lowest common denominator? What would you say, Ali? Yeah. Well, I, I would agree with you as far as that goes, but I would add in uh, probably the most important thing to understand is it's different everywhere. So when we, when, um, you know, James, by the way, asked the question and he, you know, he said industry, um, you know, for top schools. So, um, to be clear, a top school is going to be a top school for a reason, right? So they are good at what they do and they know how to do it well. So the results for them are going to be much different than, let's say, another school. So really, um, when we, when we, and this is one thing I want to be clear on where we kind of pigeonhole ourselves into believing stats. Um, we have to understand that there's, there's a common denominator for the successful people, and then there's an uncommon denominator for the people who aren't as successful, meaning that, you know, uh, just because, uh, you know, uh, Joe Smith, whoever that may be, um, who's a phenomenal school owner signing up 70% of his people doesn't mean that you're capable of doing that. That doesn't mean that you're a failure because you're not doing that. You, what you should do is focus on what you need to work on, right? So one of, one of my friends the other day and I, ha we had the same exact conversation and um, he had said to me, if, if the most important areas are getting the phone to ring, um, getting people to come in and signing them up, he says, why don't school owners work more on that? Why aren't they at, at every sales seminar, at every um, marketing seminar, at every website building, internet, social media marketing seminar, if that's what those three steps fuel your business? And by the way, it doesn't have to be martial art related. I'm holding up my quote fingers for the people who can't see me that aren't on Facebook Live. And um, why aren't we focused on more of that? Why isn't every book you're reading, every audio tape you're listening to on selling, on on presentation, you know, right? Doesn't that doesn't that make sense? And and that actually will change who you are. You know, you don't have to be a, a 600 student school to be a super good high percentage earning. Um, you know, school, which far as closing and signing up. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I wish that I could um, share my screen with you, but let me, let me just say this. Um, when I was doing the intros into actually then signing people up, and here's what I mean. I used to do the process where it was uh, a two, two introductory lessons with me and then uh, in those introductory lessons, obviously, I was meeting with the parents, teaching the child, meeting with the parents, teaching with the child, and then I would sign them up. I was at a 76% sign-up rate. So, right. You know, for, and, but that was, it was very time-consuming, meaning that every single individual that came through, I was the only one that they had a point of contact with with regards to the sales process. Now, right. uh, I, I have uh, switched it up. My sales process is a little bit different. I knew that I would um, get a – I knew I would lose um, – I, I knew that I would lose in stats, meaning that I knew it wasn't going to stay at 76% because right. um, I wasn't doing it. And it, it was – and I wasn't a pressure salesman, by the way. I just yeah. – you know, that was you know, my personality. And yeah. so now, and and I don't know if this is even, I don't know if we can do this, but if I take the camera, I wish I could show the screen. This is probably going to look funky, right? I can't even move the camera. Anyways, never mind. Um, I, let me just, okay, so last year, inquiries, I had 399 inquiries, okay? 
Um, appointments made, meaning, you know, people that actually made the appointments, I had 401. So I was actually over 100%. Obviously, some of those were the following year that showed up or that made an appointment, right? That, right. Okay. But out of those, I, I had 305 actually show up for uh, making their class. And, and, and that was a 76%. So we were 4% down on the 80% show up rate. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I signed up 161 new students last year, and so that's only almost 73. But it's or excuse me, 53%. Uh, uh, so it's 72.78 and some change. Uh, did I say right. 72? I'm sorry. 52. 52.78% in right. change. So I, I was above the 50% rate, um, but I was uh, b you know below on the 80% on the classes made. Now, that being said, um, I went from the beginning of the year with a $454.50 um, above the last year right, per month right. Uh, to en ending the year at $3,584.84 um, above meaning per month, ab above the beginning of the year. So I was actually making per month more, you know, $5,300 more. Right, per year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. hopefully that yeah. kind of gives an idea. But, but if you're not keeping stats, you're not going to be able to know your numbers. Um, right. And that's going to be a big detriment for you. Yeah. And you know what? There are many schools that get to certain levels and then they stay stagnant for a period of time because they're doing the same thing um, and they're not doing enough to grow past that point. They're at what I call a sticking point. And uh, we end up like I have people that ask me all the time. They say, oh, I have great. I signed up everyone that comes through the door. OK, well, how many people do you have at the start of the year? How many people do you have at the end of the year? If you're signing up 20 people a month, that's 240 people a year at the end of the year. If you started with 200 right now, you should have 440. Right. If you're doing, you know, as well as you think you are. So you have to always look at your stats to see what's realistic. Um, James had another question, and he said, uh, what are some of the things you guys are doing for the back-to-school marketing? Although we did a whole entire seminar on this, but want to throw a few of those things out for him? Yeah, so number one, uh, go and back by, and listen to – yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, by the way, tomorrow you have uh, – we have our webinar. By the way, everyone who is listening, uh, we have our webinar tomorrow, right, Dwayne? And it's at, uh, you know, 1230. Is it tomorrow or next – Yeah, Eastern no, it's time. Yeah, Eastern right. Standard Time yeah. tomorrow. And that's on how you got 767 leads just from your uh, field trips alone. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so, so yeah, what were some of your other ideas? Well, no, I, look, number one, James, go back in, and anybody, go back to schoolowner.com forward slash 137. So that's schoolowner.com forward slash 137. And you can listen to that whole thing, uh, you know, that whole call. I'm going to put it in here so that you can see it um, and then just click on it and go to that. And then not only that one, but if you also go back and listen to um, 138 as well, so schoolownertalk.com forward slash 138, uh, we did a little bit more on the summer wrap-up back-to-school episode, not as much as we did on the other one. But what we are doing, like Allie said, is we've got a back-to-school a webinar basically on what uh, what I've been quite successful with in the past five years is with my uh, martial arts field trips. And so 
you know, what that is is uh, basically um, it gives you the opportunity to be able to um, bring in the individuals from your, uh, you know, local schools to do field trips at your place, which is kind of nice because, um, you know, it's something that is totally different than that's happening. And, and we're going to show you in there how to, well, number one, there's an old way of doing, uh, uh, you know, the back to school marketing. You know, one of it, one of it is the fact that, you know, you, you are, um, well, you know, basically what you're doing is you're, you're, you're trying to get into the schools and you're trying to get them to, uh, let you come and do speeches, whether it's, you know, paid speech or free speech, and and uh, you're going to go in. But the problem is, here's what the problem is. You go in, and if they let you pass out passes, generally most public schools do not allow you to do that. But if they, um, you know, let you do that, you're lucky. But you don't you don't own the list. And, and what you basically want to do is you want to get them to come into your school so that, excuse me, that you own the list. You can follow up on those individuals. Now, Here's the biggest problem that you're going to have is that if you do this really, really well, you, your system is not equipped to, you know, like, so for instance, uh, next week I have two field trips. One of them has 56 people coming. Another one has, I think, 67 people coming. So now we're looking at over 100, you know, what, about 120 people, let's say, uh, that we have to follow up with. And what I found is that I, I did myself a disservice that I did not set up my system correctly uh, to follow up on all those individuals. And by the time we got to some of them, they loved the martial arts field trip, but, but, but the parents didn't remember where it was at. They just went to any old place, and it wasn't mine, some of them. So that's the biggest problem that you'll have. Right, right. And you know what? Um, I love your field trip thing, so people do not want to miss that. That's for sure. Um, and we, we're going to have a great call tomorrow, uh, and uh, you, you got to listen to that one. And, and you know, other other things too is one thing I'll just mention is that you have to be like a detective, and um, you, you know, you can't hope that business will come to you all the time. So um, go out and look for it. And what I mean by that is there are probably like-minded businesses that will cross market with you, um, that they have a niche and and a connection to a clientele. And they may either, one, need you or need part of what your niche and your clientele is. So, for example, um, dance studios. Most dance studios are filled with girls, right? So they don't really have many boys in the dance studio. So um, although we know we teach girls martial arts, and my school is very good with that, However, um, if a dance studio was looking for more girls, they might want to reach out and use our, our mailing list and what we do and uh, market their dance studio to our girls that are training. And we might want to reach out to their list to market to the brothers, uh, siblings of their clientele. So nurturing leads with all of these, you know, and in my town, we have three or four or within like a 10-mile radius or 8-mile radius, we must have 30 dance studios, Right. Um, the same thing goes for me. I, I have a marketing plan with one of my students that we're doing cross-marketing. He owns a music studio. So he's going to market his music studio to my clientele. I'm going to talk to his clientele. And, you know, so it's about reaching out to groups and trying to get them to share with you. And then, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a group with children. It could be a, you know, you cross market with a pizza parlor. They put your flyers on the top of all of the pizza boxes. You put their flyer in every one of your welcome to the family packets. 
or you hang up their flyer in your school or you put their, you know, their picture of their restaurant with their phone number on your monitor on, as a screensaver. How do we connect with the, those in the community? Um, you know, if you could get to a doctor's office, they, they have thousands of clients or a dentist. Um, we're working with a local dentist and that dentist is going to be, you know, giving out coupons for our program and we're going to be giving out information for braces. He's an orthodontist. So um, imagine if he got 20, 20 of my students, family members or whatever. That's, that's, you know, a large amount of money. So cross marketing with that kind of stuff is very important. So um, those are just two, some minor two tips that I, I suggest for, uh, you know, for, uh, anybody out there. And then, of course, the typical, you know, Facebook ads, Google AdWords, retargeting. I mean, the, the list goes on rack cards, you know, uh, you know, uh, VIP passes, using a referral program, uh, and so on. Uh, do you want to answer this question? Yeah, what is it? Um, it said, any social media webcast you guys did, more on the conversation part. Oh, um, any of our, I guess he, uh, James is asking, do we have any more um, webinars that we did on social media and uh, conversion part. And yeah, I would say, listen, James, for as a new listener, obviously, um, of, uh, of what we do, we have 140 um, webinar slash seminars, teleseminars that are out there. Um, and we, um, I suggest get your iPad going, go on uh, iTunes, right, Dwayne, and, and become a member and listen to our podcasts. And, uh, yeah, or you, you can, can just you go can... to schoolowner.talk.com, and then on the side, if you're on a PC or a Mac on the side, you'll see where you can subscribe. Or if, you know, you're on your uh, phone, you've got to scroll down almost to the bottom in order to subscribe. But you can subscribe whether it's an Android or Apple, and then you can have it delivered to your phone every week. Yeah, and there's over 100 different calls, but there are some that we've done specifically on social media and on, you know, on conversions and sales processes and, and, and pretty much every topic you could ever think of to ask in the, the martial art business. So uh, absolutely, yes, go there and check that out and um, tell your friends about it too. And, you know, a, a selfless plug, we have a great program called Next Level School Owner Club um, that you could become a member very inexpensively too. If you want to check that out, go to nlsoc.com, nextlevelschoolownerclub.com, and uh, check out the site. Um, and uh, it's pretty popular. People love it. We have some really high-end school owners that are there, and uh, it's really all about creating a mindset of business excellence and the systems that go along with it. So I think I, I think we kind of that's uh, any if, any last questions. We'll entertain them, and if not, we're going to kind of wrap it up, right, Dwayne? Do you have any anything going on, or if anyone else online wants to type in a question, kind of do that now? No, I'm good. So we'll just wait and see if there's any other questions, and then we can move forward. I mean, I got okay. I got stuff to get done today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So James said thank you, and uh, no problem. We thank you, and and please tell your friends. I, I appreciate it very much, and let everyone know, and we're here to help. And uh, you know, yeah, share I, you, share our next level this school owner talks on Facebook as well with your friends. Yeah, I was going to say tomorrow, um, like you had said, we have a. Um, a webinar that we're going to do. I was going to put the link in here, and I went to grab it, and for some reason it's not working. So great. Yeah, that's, yay, that's what I was yay, technology. That's what I, so. that's what I was talking about this morning when I said to you I needed that link because when I clicked on the link you gave me, it went to just the, the website, and you had to sign in in order to do whatever. So we'll supply that for everybody in a little while. Yeah, I'm going to contact the support for the uh, webinar service that we use because I don't know okay. why that happened. But we'll we'll take All care right. of it, and we'll be on tomorrow. Not a big deal. Awesome. Very cool. So uh, we'll sign off right now. Thanks for listening, guys. I enjoyed it. Twain, thank you for 
being here with me and sharing with everybody. And um, yeah, go get your stuff done that you need to get done. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody. Take care. Talk to you soon.